Thanks for joining us. This is Leading Life Together. group of husbands, dads, and we even have one grandpa. And we're certainly not all the same, but we do share one thing, and that is the love of God. Join us as we talk about leading life together. I will climb from this valley low. I will go to where the water flows. I will see to find the light that heaven holds. That was our buddy Channing Stockman. Thanks a lot, man, for letting us use that tune. That was Valley Low off his album Kingdom. Go find the band on Facebook. That's Channing Stockman Music right there on Facebook. Also, buy a track on iTunes. This one right here is pretty awesome. Okay, Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. All right, well, I kind of wanted to get together today and talk about we're kind of in this little maybe we could call it a series i guess um we were kind of talking about rules and if you listen to one of the past episodes about this uh you kind of get the idea but the um the one i kind of wanted to talk about today isn't something i've been through but i've seen a lot of it and not within my family actually uh but uh but just people in the church that that need help and and they've gone to the church after a divorce and i think it's one of these rules that uh People feel like, well, I've gone through a divorce. Maybe the church won't even accept me. And uh, I, and I'm here to tell you that that's not true at all. In fact, it's just the opposite. And by the way, I want to announce it. It's just me and John today. Uh, Rudy and John are here today. So, John, what do you think about that? Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. My um, my dad married after my mom passed away. My dad married a divorced lady. And in the church that we were in at that point in time, we were sitting around and we were uh, going through an, a meeting, a business meeting. It was a typical thing. There, someone proposed a change to the uh, constitution of the church, the rules that the church runs by, saying that, uh, talking about um, elders in the church, that if they were divorced or if they were married to a divorced woman, that they should not be eligible to be an elder. Oh wow! Yeah, and at the point at that point in time, I was twenty two, twenty three years old, and I stood up and I said, "Hey, wait just a minute. Are you honestly saying that my dad, who you all know, was married to my mom, who you knew before she passed away, and and we held a service for her in this church, is now married to?" My mom, my new mom, who you have known for years, know why she was divorced. You're saying that that would disqualify him? How does that make him scripturally unacceptable to lead in the church when there's nothing in his lifestyle that says that there's any problems at all? There was no adultery here. There was no anything else going on. This is who the, the Lord said, hey, I'd, I'd like you two to get married. Neither one of them wanted to be married. They weren't looking to be married. They just all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know what? I think we should be married. So, and managed to get the 
the rest of the of uh, the leadership to go. Okay, wait a minute. Maybe we should maybe we should shelve this one and take another look at this. Well, and it's rules like that, these old school kind of church rules that makes people think, and it's just really sad, you know, because it makes people think, oh man, well, I don't want to go to that church because what if I, you know, can't even be looked at properly because I was divorced? Right. Uh, you said you didn't have it in in your life. Uh, I did. I didn't have it directly in my life. My mother's parents had divorced. Uh, and it wasn't until just before I was born that my mom found out that her biological mother was still alive. She thought she had passed away. I don't know if my grandfather had told her that or not, but that's what she had assumed. So uh, my biological grandmother remarried. My biological grandfather remarried. So I had six grandparents growing up. Wow. Yeah, so two in Gulfport, Mississippi, two in Calhoun, Louisiana, and two in Texarkana, Texas. And, you know, we would, we would try to spend time with, with each one of them as, as much as we could. So it wasn't a thing of ostracizing them. Um, our family, my dad, my mom, my brother and I, were the only ones who were churchgoers. Uh, we were um, believers, and we attended a Southern Baptist church. But we didn't condemn any of the other uh, grandparents or any of the grandparents for not attending the same church we did or not attending church at all. And definitely the the whole thing of uh, the, the worst thing that came up about the whole conversation over divorce was at Christmas time, don't tell the, the grandparents in Texas what the grandparents in Mississippi gave you. It's not a competition. Don't don't allow it to become one, and we never did. So we we never even we never even talked about it. Whenever we would go to Texas at Christmas time, which wasn't every year, it was like, hey, great, we get to see you know grandmother. She had to be grandmother, and papa, and you know. But if we went to Gulfport, which was in the same area that we lived in, Southern Mississippi, we had to see uh, Mama and Papa, and you know, hey, you know, met both sets of aunts and uncles and cousins and you know the whole the whole deal so you know it just was how we grew up we just had this in our family now we strove not to have it in our personal lives so uh my brother has been married i've been married for almost 30 years my brother's been married for 32 so have our relationships with our wives always been perfect no there had there have been bumps in the roads but um we've just had that commitment that you know this is this is i i truly believe that my wife that the lord gave me wife my wife there was no reason for me to come to oak harbor washington other than the circumstances that led me to be here and i i wasn't planning on staying when i came i was just coming up for the summer but then i met a girl and <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. Well, now I think as you were saying there, I mean, people, people just uh, when you when you were talking, I I, I remembered this scripture in um, Mark two seventeen. Uh, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, "It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners." And 
this almost plays perfectly with all of these rules we're talking about, but, exactly. but definitely this one. I mean, you know, you can't tell somebody who's had a divorce. And I mean, I'm thinking of somebody in our church right now who's a real good friend of mine, you know, and, and you, you mention anything about a divorce and she breaks down crying and it's really sad. That's the person that needs the help. That's the, that's where you need to be. And this is the place they should get help. Right. Correct. Oftentimes it's not the, uh, you don't know who who led to the to the divorce. I I know who you're talking about, and it was not her desire. Uh, it just it is what happened through circumstance. We've we've become a society that that so easily walks away from marriage, whether it is through an official divorce or through just walking away from each other and doing whatever you want to do. Even people you know that that stay together but really aren't married they're not a a couple anymore but they're still together all kinds of ways that it happens and to take someone who is caught up in that and and ostracize them and tell them that they're not worthy that there are problems that there are things going on i mean there could be things that are going on but that's where you got to help them through it but to just toss them to the side and say well, okay well you're you're now a second class person in our church that's that is so wrong. That's not even. I I I can't understand how we got to that point, as a as a church. I mean, um, you know, you you we had talked in a previous one about uh, Catholicism. If you have been divorced, you can't get married again in the church un- unless you have the original wedding or the original marriage annulled. And it's like, really. You know, so you so the husband decides that he has found someone cuter, someone younger, someone different, and decides to leave his wife, walks away from her, and the only way they can separate legally is to dissolve the marriage in a divorce. And now if she finds someone else, she can't get married in the church because of the divorce. That wasn't her desire. That wasn't anything that she had any thing to do with other than, okay, we're no longer together. We need to separate our finances, essentially. But she can't get married in the church anymore. It's a friend of mine that, that I knew uh, used to work for us, the same company. And, you know, but that's, that's how some churches respond to this. And it's like, come on, people are people. There's going to be problems. Until we're no longer here, until we're in heaven, there's going to be sin in our lives. There's going to be things that are going to happen. But to take one thing and totally ostracize someone. Now, if someone is having an affair, yeah, they they should be confronted on that. They should, you know, we should be going to them and saying, "Hey, look, you're you're going to destroy your marriage in this process." And it's 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 definitely wrong for you to be doing this. We're called to do that if we see that in in other believers. But we don't destroy them in the process we're trying to restore them to relationship we're not trying to kick them out and ostracize them and say you can't be here anymore that's not the goal of any of what we're doing yeah well and like you were saying it's important to point out that my whole idea and our our whole idea of doing these this little kind of series or whatever we're doing here um, was to point out that uh, there's churches out there that that have moved on from this or whatever they, you know, Hey, you know, more accepting, like you said, come as you are. And, and, but it is important to point out that there's still a lot of churches out there that have this 
almost like a negative thing hanging over them where, you know, it's like, hey, it's important to point that out because these people, you know, if they fall into that wrong church and they're going to get hurt by church. Correct. And then they're not going to want to be in church. And that has more of an impact on their lives than anything else does. We as the church need to be open. We need to be receiving. We need to be cautious because there are predators out there. So we need to we have, need to have certain rules in place until we get to know people and can kind of vet them and say, okay, yeah, you are safe to be around, especially kids. Um, but I like how our church responds to it that you can serve in our church in a variety of aspects before you're a believer because handing out bulletins to people as they walk in the door and greeting them with a smile and saying, hi, welcome to church or, you know, um, helping to clean up after a service or, I mean, there's uh, working in the, in the coffee booth, whatever. There's a lot of things that can be done if you're not a believer, but as you're on that process and you're seeing, okay, wait a minute, there's, there's something different about these people. They're not, condemning me because of who I am they're accepting me and then they start realizing wait a minute they're loving me at the in the same time this is something that I want to know more about and that's that's the whole goal of what the church should be we should be a gleaming light drawing people to us not a spotlight blinding people and driving them away and I I worry at times that there are a lot of people out there that have been hurt by that in other churches. Yeah. In other churches. And, and I'm not even going to say that not they could have been hurt in churches that I've been That's involved true. in too without realizing that it had happened. Because there's there's a lot of people that you know, you've know you seen, you might get to know them a little bit, and all of a sudden they're kind of gone. It's like, you know, where did Joe Smuckatelli go? I haven't seen him in months. And you know, without realizing that you know they've moved on and, and gone somewhere else because they just weren't comfortable there for some reason. And that also doesn't mean that that Joe and his family shouldn't try a different church because maybe a different church has a little bit of a different flavor to it, a little bit of a different style, different kind of music, whatever, a little bit of a different preaching style. No one church is right. Yeah. And prayerfully, we don't have a bunch of wrong churches out there either. They're all just different styles. I encourage people to try, and if they're not involved, just try you know, walking into a door of a church and and seeing what's going on. There's a lot of things that have changed from the standpoint of the old legalistic kind of things that used to happen where we've realized that, you know, the law is not what we're here for. We're here for relationship. We're here to show people Jesus Christ and help draw them to him. Well, a lot of times, too, uh, when, you, when you're talking about some of these uh, – religions through Christ or whatever that uh, that do have these rules they're also very um, uh, protective of their uh, follow you know the people that attend their churches right so it's um, like let's say you know without trying to pick on certain I, I guess let's not say but uh, you know, there might be some of these uh, relig- relig- uh, churches out there that say, oh, well, don't go to that church because, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're with us now, and this is what we believe, and these are our rules. And and so, you know, there is that a little bit of that going on, too, and that's really too bad because that's why I like how you said I encourage you to go to a church and check it out because there are churches out there that are like like the one we go to, and there's plenty of others that don't have those rules. And Correct. I mean, there, every every church has rules. So let's let's not get 
get too far out on that one. But um, got to learn what what those rules are. And in, like in our church, there, you know, like like I was saying, you can you can come, you can serve, but if you're going to be teaching, you've got to be a believer. You have to have a relationship with Christ, and you have to show a uh, a certain maturity in Christ to be able to teach. So, which is good, yeah. Which which is because you want to make sure that what a teacher is is talking about that they're not misinterpreting scripture in the process that they are rightly dividing the word they're rightly breaking it down and helping you to understand it there are plenty of churches uh that are you know much more i'll, I'll use the word conservative that uh you know have you know maybe a you know, they have a piano and maybe an organ that that's in the church that's that's a much more tambourine uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's going too far. Um, but I, um, you, you said tambourine and my mind went to, oh, no, no, went to a, went to a church cause I was on a mission trip earlier this year in Nicaragua and a lady brought a tambourine and, uh, into service. Uh, they had uh, a keyboard that, uh, was being played. And then you know, during a couple different songs, it wasn't in every song, but she just brought her tambourine out and was basically the rhythm section from the, from the back of the church. And I know enough Spanish from high school to probably get myself killed in a foreign country. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was a little bit better than I could actually uh, talk to a handful of people a little bit. Um, But to see them worshiping that way, our church has drum set, usually acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass, keyboard yeah, yeah as oh, as right, part yeah. of our worship multiple team singers. yeah multiple multiple vocalists and this had you know uh a mother and her daughter who was on keyboard as the as the people leading the the music and then the rhythm section in the back with their tambourine <laughs> and i could sense that they were worshiping i i caught some of the words i, I caught some of the tunes some of the some of the uh uh, the music and realize what the song was they were singing. So I was trying to kind of sing along in English at the same time. But I could, I could, I could worship with them when I had no idea. Oh, I had very little idea of the words that they were singing. I knew what words I would be singing to that tune, um, and I'm assuming theirs was were very close. But I, I could not sing the words they were singing, but I could still worship with them. And that to me was was. I'm, I'm gonna use the word "cool," but it's that's such an old word because I'm an <laughs> old guy. But it 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 just had a huge impact on me that I was able to to worship with them in that in that moment. So there's all kinds of different styles out there, and if you don't like guitars, heavy electric guitar, and I, if you walk into church and they have it. Okay, maybe that's not the not the style that you enjoy, but you also got different preaching styles and everything else. You got to find those things that fit, and perfectly those churches are going to be open, and they're not going to use something like divorce to say, "Oh, wait a minute, you you have sinned in a way that is unredeemable." There, there, there is. Nothing short of Scripture says blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which I believe is not accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
is the only unpardonable sin. Everything else you can be forgiven for. So why do we as humans put more restrictions on it than God did? Yeah. And, and another thing I wanted to talk about uh, with uh, with divorce is the fact that the cool thing is, is cool. See, I brought it out there Hey, too. hey, yeah. I'm glad, awesome, I'm glad I'm helping yeah. you young whippersnappers. <laughs> the awesome thing is when you realize that when you have a relationship with God and with your spouse together with God, that's, you know, then you're kind of like, wow, you know, maybe... Maybe that last divorce wouldn't even happen if we, you know, if we had this going on, or, or you know, maybe it happened for a reason, whatever. But the whole point is, is once you find that and and you have that in your life, and it's like, wow, this is so, this is awesome. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but it's also not both of you being believers, both of you being in church, both of you being in ministry together, doesn't necessarily make it impossible for you to still drift apart from one another. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's the other thing you've got to be careful about in, in how you approach ministry uh, is, you know, you still got your, your first and foremost point of ministry is your family. So you've got to make sure, and right, right now I've got, you know, two grown kids that are married and out of the house. So my main point of ministry should be my wife. And just helping our relationship to grow deeper, and then from that, it's spreading out and you know touching our kids and then the community that we're involved in. So it's just one of those things that I didn't at one point recently have that in line, and it nearly cost me my marriage. So it can happen in a heartbeat where you just drift apart and you don't realize that you're drifting apart because you're doing things together all the time. But you're you're not connecting in a way that you need to connect. You're not truly being a, a family. You're just being two people doing the same thing in the same place. And that can be just as devastating as anything else in a marriage can be. And fortunately we were able to, to work through it and and we're you know about to celebrate thirty years. So that's awesome. That's good. Well and it, and it's important that uh I think it makes it easier. I don't know you're coming from experience, but I think it makes it easier when you have that scripture to fall back on, that God to talk to, you know, that, that kind of thing. I mean, that when, when you're going through a rough patch, because I've certainly gone through my rough patches in my marriage, um, you know, it, when you have that, it, it just makes it so much easier. Well, and it's also the people that are around you. You've got a, you've got a, much, oh, yeah. you've got a much broader support group at that point. I could, I could not have imagined... Uh, the different things that we've gone through over 30 years, if we hadn't had the support of friends who were in the church, they just came alongside of us and supported us through these different things that are going on. It just, it for us, makes all the difference in the world. It, it, it has truly helped our relationship uh, through a variety of uh, bumps and bruises over the years. We can't do it alone. We're not. We're not yeah. supposed to be hermits. We're supposed to be social animals. So we need to have other people around us. And I guess you know you've got the different choices of where where do you socialize? Do you socialize, you know, at the tavern? Do you socialize at church? Do you socialize at work? Do you socialize around a football game? You know, whatever it is, you've got to have those relationships. 
but the people that seem to have been the most supportive for us over the years have always been the people at church and the people that we get close to at church. Well, they say, you know, kind of not necessarily to tie it all back, but I just kind of thought of this. They say don't take marriage advice from somebody that's been divorced four or five times, but, you know, and that's okay as long as they've, uh, you know, as long as they're giving you advice that's uh, that maybe biblical, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's... We, <laughs> we had that, we went, to, we went to a couple's retreat um, up in Bellingham, and all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the man that was speaking that weekend to us was not from our church, he was someone that was brought in to speak to us, and he he told us that he'd been divorced three times, and we're sitting there going, Really? Wait a minute, wait, we're at a couple's wow. marriage conference and the speaker's been di- and just recently got divorced again. How is he going to speak to us about marriage? And and the whole weekend was just kind of shot because of wow. it. Because it was just like, you know, who I mean, you know, what what use is it listening listening to this guy? So yeah, I mean, you, you definitely you definitely want to talk to people that are not perfect because none of us are, but that are walking through it. And you'd be amazed once you get to, and it's usually breaking down your own walls because we all put up these walls Definitely. to protect ourselves. Yep. And whenever we allow the the walls to come down a little bit and we can actually interact with one another, it's amazing whenever you start talking about something, especially like we've done in, in our life groups, where you go, okay, yeah, this. And someone goes, you know what? I, I, I've struggled with the same thing. And then you realize that you're not alone because that's that's one thing that that the enemy, Satan, wants us to believe is that we are all alone in this. No one in the history of the world has ever struggled with what we're struggling with, that how could we even consider ourselves to be anything that God would want because we struggle with this when nobody else in the world does. And then we come to realize, wait a minute there are tons of other people that struggle with the same thing and they, they found a way through it. We can find a way through this too. And I mean, that's, that's the greatest lie that you're the only one ever to, to struggle with this. And we tend to fall for that more often than I care to think wow. about. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, let's end it right there. John, thanks a lot. Hey, not a problem. I will climb from this fire.